I, I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. To order. I'm Tyler Riley, a cop and a half. I'm Melissa Bailey, the spy. <laughs> I'm Tristan Miller, the saucy sleuth. <gasps> Today's, Today's show, show is brought, brought to you by, by Audible. Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free, free audio book with a, with a 30-day day trial, trial membership. membership. Yeah. Just, Just go, go to, to audible, audible trial.com <laughs> slash ADC pod and browse and the browse unmatched the selection of audio, of audio programs. Download, download a title, a title free, free and start, and start listening. listening. It's, it's that, that easy. easy. Go to audibletrial.com/slash/adcpod. Can I tell you? <laughs> I think that was better than I thought it was going to. Now for I the, think it's going to sound like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. Welcome everybody to the show. If uh, anyone is so still listening. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sitting through our Christmas pageant style <laughs> opening. So oh, many tri- like, and that's why I, I you couldn't see. I was like trying to like conduct because that's I realized halfway through that's what they used to do at the the Christmas pageants. They would be like one, and two, <laughs> and every day forward, little Timmy was thankful for all of the things in his life. You had a very different experience. <laughs> I don't know. Today in the town of Bethlehem, I say, I say, a savior, a savior has been born. <laughs> like, Thank you. It is time to put the Christ back in Christmas. Right. I like putting the moss back. It's time to back. end the war. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like to put the moss back in Christmas. Taco Bell, baby. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you said mosque, and I was like, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show again. Uh, we're talking about Poirot, Agatha Christie's Poirot, season five, episode what, six? Five. S- five? I'm always off by one. I always think it's further along. <laughs> uh, Just wishful the, thinking. Yeah. <laughs> the Adventure of the Italian Nobleman. And now we're going to get this out of the way right away. Melissa, you're Italian. I am. How, How do you feel? I feel like none of these people in this. <laughs> Uh, in this television program, we're actually Italian. <laughs> it's it's a lot of what's coming to go, like it, a lot of that. But it's not good. I know. Oh, it's real bad. Uh, <laughs> it's not like disrespectful. It's just bad accents. Yeah, yeah. With all, you know, acting and accents are hard. They tr- they were trying, but why didn't they cast Italians? Is my question. Right Someone there. who has visited the Albany Olive Garden, I can tell you <laughs> that this is, without a doubt, the most authentic accent. Mm-hmm. It's about familia. It is Albany Olive Garden quality <laughs> accents. So just Eastings let that. Your your family. Uh, do you want to get it family style, Poirot? Or do you want individual? Shall we order some apps? 
Mm. You know what? I, I would go in on those unlimited breadsticks, though. See, the thing about Olive Garden. It, oh, we're already here. Yeah, why not? Yep. <laughs> it, it was it was brought up. It has to be discussed. So the thing about Olive Garden is it's fine as long as you understand that it's not Italian food. I mean, it, oh, it yeah. is. What? It, like, it's no, inspired it's, uh... by, but it's like... You know, you're not getting <laughs> like based off the novel by Sapphire, yeah, of Italian dishes. Yeah, basically. Okay, wait, hold on. The movie version of Precious was very close to the book, sir. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. So it's. I, I'm just. It's uh nope can't think of a good analogy ah you're not gonna come at Sapphire on bisexual b- visibility week, all right? Okay, <laughs> word. It's the one week. That I can fully it's see you. all we got. <laughs> <laughs> and on my birthday week, no less. That's so. true. What a good week Double. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So they're talking in a conference room, and I listened to it a couple times to see if I could make out the Italian that they were saying. And it was kind of a vague conversation, like, can you do this? And blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah. Did it not have subtitles for you? It did not have subtitles. It for didn't me. for me either. If you have the subtitles on in English, they give you the subtitles. Not on yeah. mine, oddly Weird. enough. Weird. Okay, mine did. Huh. Okay. Well, the uh, older man tells the younger man not to get in trouble, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Then it cuts to <laughs> Hastings and Poirot looking at a car. Yeah. Which is very fun because Poirot, they're like looking inside the car. With at the engine and stuff or whatever, and uh, Poirot's like, it looks, it looks it's very messy. Nothing but a messy. bag of leaves in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so messy, and it's just you know car parts. Uh-huh. Poirot uh, Hastings says it's not supposed to look neat. I mean, that's not the point of this. Poirot cannot be bothered. Later on, he says something like, "All I will ask if I am buying a." A car is if it has four wheels and a motor and mm-hmm. two and doors. That's it. <laughs> Does Poirot drive? Can Poirot drive? No. Yeah, we've never seen it happen. I do not think he can. Representation matters, folks. I cannot drive either. Uh, so then don't they go back to the office after... Um, looking at the car and Hastings is like, I got to is like, you got to make up your mind about the car. We've been there so many times. Yeah. We've been there too many times. He's like, yes, yes, I have it on my calendar. Uh, next week I have to, I have to decide about car. And, yeah. um, and, and Miss mm-hmm. Lemon's nowhere in. to be found in the office. Oh yeah. She's late. She's like she's super late. Late. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, Poirot does not seem bothered by this, which I find interesting because it seems like the kind of thing that would bother him. But as Hastings also is also confused, he's like, Poirot, she's late. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever, man. I mean, yeah. Hastings is very sour about the situation. He is. Because lemon Sour late. about the Miss Lemon situation. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, but she then. Scurve says that was fun. she then uh waltzes in very apologetic says she is so sorry and then we figure out naparo it's like oh you might as well bring the young man to tea at some point and she's like uh 
uh, okay. Deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she um, has a boyfriend or an, an admirer, as Poirot calls it. Yeah, and yeah. Hastings is very confused. What? Yeah. yeah, which is like either that means Hastings is like interested in Miss Lemon or is like confused by like her even having any interest in in Met. Like, what is that? I it's yeah, I think that in Hastings weird mind, he has kind of put her into a category in his brain of Miss mm. Lemon, the secretary uh, to Mr. Poirot. And, you know, that she is occupies that space alone. Right. So he just it just never occurred to him that anyone could be in a romantic relationship with her. Y'all are far kinder than I am. I just related this back to F boy Hastings. Where oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. she's not in, she's never been interested in me, so she can't be interested in anybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that some that way like if a man will hit on a woman and she's not receptive, she's like, Oh, she's gay. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Hastings in my mind. Yeah. I, I think so as well. I also think like it's he has this thing where it's like, well, the world literally revolves around me. And if it doesn't involve me, I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> Very but like focused in a weird way. It's yeah, it, it's not it is obtuse, but I don't think it is uh, filled with malice. No, you know? no, he's like, just oblivious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, Hastings goes and buys the car or whenever this occurs. And there's a young Italian woman that Mr. Vizzini, who is the car dealer, uh. has, uh, has told him to speak to. Mm-hmm. And... You know, she's helping him out. And for a brief moment, she sees a man outside and is like, oh, hold on. I got to talk to him. He's my uh, er, uncle. Yeah. And can they I go into. You? Yes, you can. Thank you. Uh, permission <laughs> to speak. Uh, <laughs> I have to Tristan grant Miller it every time. Floor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but there's also this weird moment where she comes up to replace the guy he was talking to. And he's like, well, let's see how much she knows about cars. Oh, yeah. And it's like, she works at a dealership, my guy. Yeah. He thinks he has the solution to whatever the concern he has. He's like, this is, this wouldn't work, would it? And she's like, no, you're wrong. Yeah. And he's like, well, but what about? And then she displays an encyclopedic knowledge of exactly what would occur. And she knows exactly what she's talking about. So. Uh, yeah. It's great. She goes and talks to her uncle. Her uncle. You can't unquote. see air quotes in the uh, podcast, but I'm making them. I saw He's it in my good. mind's eye. Yeah. Oh, even though we're on a Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wasn't even looking at you, but I could just see it. I'm yeah. I'm closing my eyes, and in, in my mind, I have a vision of Melissa doing little bunny ears. <laughs> That was Always. a very weird Cat Williams impression. Um. <laughs> I <have> my name <laughs> slip back. Slip. <sighs> Why yes. is she doing bunny? I don't know. Uh, I can't. I can't engage with that right now. Mm. I don't want to get canceled over a bad impression. Now, <laughs> that would be really a waste. <laughs> it'd be really. It'd be really funny. <laughs> Did you hear his terrible Cat Williams? <laughs> 
<laughs> they're not even mad about the race thing. They're just mad that it was so bad. <laughs> oh, sorry. I made myself laugh. All right. <laughs> It's yeah, just so. such a joy to have laughter. Um, that's my David Lynch impression. I know you don't follow the man much, Tyler. But that is what he sounds like. I have no choice to, but to believe you because I'm not going to do the research on my own. <laughs> no, certainly not. Okay, so she has a fight with her uncle. Like, not a physical fight. They're not punching each other, but they have an argument. They are shouting at each other in Italian. <sighs> I'm so sorry. I just remember there's what Shakespeare play does he say? My nuncle is how it's written rather than mine uncle. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. But my nuncle. And I'm like, what's a nuncle? I don't know. Yeah. What's a nuncle to you? It's like, a nephew who's also your uncle. This is. Oh, my, <laughs> my nephew, my Could uncle, be. my nephew, my uncle, my nephew, and my uncle. <laughs> sorry. Please continue. I will let you speak at some point, Melissa. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, that's that scene. So he buys his car, and then uh, Mr. Graves has come to tea with Poirot and Miss Lemon. Yes, Mr. Graves is the boyfriend. Yes, yes. Uh, And Miss Lemon is very excited, and he uh, Hastings walks in, and he shows everybody, Mr. Graves shows everybody a picture of his boat. Uh, And... Hastings is quite taken with it. You know, he really, really is impressed with the boat. And uh, Mr. Graves then says, uh, <laughs> it's floating and everything. Wow. You really, you've really done it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty much. So uh, Mr. Graves has apparently to Miss Lemon prior to this scene expressed interest in the fact that her employer is Mr. Poirot. Mm-hmm. And so, he kind of is like, oh, well, I mean, I shouldn't mention this, but uh, my employer had these papers stolen and he may be being blackmailed, which is, by the way, the kind of crime that I have the most trouble following. I'm like, oh, boy, there's papers and money and I don't <laughs> and politics and I'm just uh, none of this is uh, interesting. <laughs> Whereas like with a murder, there's like, OK, they're dead. Pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Yeah, but like, and and then there's intrigue and interest, and it's dramatic. Well, there's often interest when it comes to finances, but um bum. Oh yeah. Nah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Good joke. Oh uh, no, it wasn't. But Mike. <laughs> oh no, I was. Yeah. I'm so used to Melissa giving me a yeah. As opposed to a, mm, when she doesn't like something. My God. Well, that was more to the, the interest level in the crime and not at your joke. It wasn't that bad. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> so, but, I'll get through it. Okay. Um, Truly. So, yeah. So, uh He's like, oh, I shouldn't have said anything about it. Uh, or uh, never mind. Okay, thanks for tea. Bye. Basically. Um, and then for some reason, Hastings and Poirot go to dinner with a man who is a doctor that we have not heretofore heard anything from, I don't think. Um, Correct. Right. Yeah. But there they are having dinner. 
talking about the car. Uh, Poirot's bored. And then the doctor gets a phone call. Right. Where he basically, the maid uh, or the housekeeper says to him, describes this phone call as, well, this man called me, said he was Mr. Count Foscatini, and please come quickly. They've killed me or something to that effect. Yeah. Like, it's like, hold on. In the midst of this murder, I'm going to make a phone call, uh, which is, I mean, which honestly, impressive. like, yeah, if more people would do that, mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot more crime would be solved. Yeah. You know, reporting my own murder. Yeah. But like, let's, you know, let's meet people halfway <laughs> if we want crimes solved, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Just gotta... be present enough <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> There's that adage about in uh, acting or like in, in an agent of like, well, they get 10%, so you have to do 90% of the work. It's the same thing with murder. You have yeah. to put in 90% of the work part. and then the police, you know, put in mm-hmm. 10, clearly. We are now in the flat of count um appletini and <laughs> yeah did i tell you his name is foscatini and like obviously count fosco from woman in white like i couldn't <laughs> oh yeah i could not get that out nice of my mind back. and i was deeply confused <laughs> that's true count fosco in uh so ian holm does a good italian accent in woman in white just um i'm sorry in what melissa the woman in white thank you you're welcome. <laughs> I'm yeah, I still got to read Woman in White <laughs> at some point because it does sound like a really good book. Yeah. Um, Watch a movie of I it. I think you'd like it. Probably. I liked the uh, soundtrack of the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which I found. Um, oh. But we are in Count Foscatini's apartment and we hear this low guttural growling. And I was like, ooh, what's <laughs> what's happening here? And it turns out it is the loudest cat yeah. you have ever heard. Yeah, and I was like, I have I never thought a cat could make that sound. And it quite <sighs> threw me. Oh because my like I'm not a cat person. Uh like I'm not anti cat, but I just prefer to be around a dog. Um yeah. So, like, everyone's just kind of like, all right, cat. And, like, nobody wants to be near it for obvious reasons. Cat um, um, Williams is perched there. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, <laughs> this type of cat is a Siamese cat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and It is Siamese, if you please. If yes. you please. Uh, and Speaking of racist. Uh, yeah, none of the real. rest of that song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh... If you listen to My Favorite Murder, which I know you two don't, but I do, uh, Georgia has a cat called Elvis, who is also a Siamese, and Mm. he meows at the end of every episode, and the first time Rich heard Elvis meow, he thought it was a child, like a human child meow. Uh, Yes. Can I give you a fun fact? Mm Mm-hmm. That's not wrong, because cats initially when they came in contact with humans heard babies and saw oh and they're mimicking a meow is a because cats don't meow to each other very often 
right it's, it's specifically for, for humans. humans to get their attention yeah yeah um but i don't know if it's the fact that it's this particular type of cat that mm. is just that loud but um this this has been yeah. our the version of <laughs> this has been our cat corner yeah not a fan also <laughs> counterpoint why would i listen to my favorite murder when i can just commit my own but mm. from there we see <laughs> we Hot see take. the uh, they're going through uh, Count Vassini's Pascatini's flat, mm-hmm. um, and we find that he is found dead on his desk, and what looked like the most obvious yep. fake blood I had ever seen in my life, and they go paint. to pull this man's head off the desk. And not not even a mark on his person. Uh, and I was just like, yeah. what, what are we doing here? What Come on. It's season five. It's like five. someone like used like colored marker and like colored it in and just had the actor just put his head down for a minute. <laughs> May well. Yeah. We're back to those low budget several episodes as opposed to big budget. Right, few. right. Yeah, that TV movie uh, episode, uh, season really, yeah, <laughs> really threw a wrench everything. in their plans. I know. They just spent all their budget on the cat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you know how hard it is to get a trained cat at a reasonable <laughs> price these days? I've got to tell you. <laughs> I didn't know Jap was also a wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> I got a guy. I got a deal. I could get you a deal. Vis-a-vis the train cat. <laughs> also, a real thick cockney will do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, well, oh, okay. That could be taken very, very different ways. <laughs> so, they realize he's dead and... Uh, they then... see two um, settings for dinner, right? They do. They see that. And then also there's a... a a big old statue that's like on the ground and Hastings is like, clearly that's the murder weapon. And it, and Poirot is like, we'll see. And I'm like, there's no blood <laughs> on Anywhere. It. In fact. So no, it probably ain't that Hastings. Also, of course he had made this frantic phone call and he is next to the phone, but the phone is firmly on the receiver. Yes. Why would you hang up? <laughs> Yeah, why indeed? That oh, seemed... I was like, oh, that was a really polite murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we honestly don't want the phone bill going up. This is long distance. Oh. I know. Uh, so then we meet uh, Tyler's favorite character. Yes. So good. Tell us uh, about him. My man. <laughs> the chef. Oh. So they, uh, Poirot, Hastings, and co. go down to uh, see the chef. And they start asking him about um, the dishes and what time he cooked. And, you know, trying to get information. And the dude's like, yeah, like, we cleaned those dishes and put them away, like, hours ago. Like, what do you want us to do? Like, I can't help you. (laughs) And Paro is like, uh, you know, they ordered all this food. Like, do you know, like, how much he ate? And he's like, everything was touched. Like, the plates came back dirty. Like, I don't know what more to tell you, my guy. <laughs> like, I'm just, what do you, like, I don't just keep, like, as 
Excel spreadsheet because first it doesn't exist at this time. <laughs> I don't have Microsoft Office on my dishes. What you think I got a Google suite of it? No. No, mate, I don't. Lardy dardy da. Oh, let me go ask Alexa, and then like this poor woman comes Siri, in. What did the master eat tonight? <laughs> this poor woman who's just been sitting in the corner, just like spouting random facts about like the weather and like whose birthday it is. <laughs> and he's like, Alexa, do you have any idea about like what he ate? Because I don't. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were talking about a character that I didn't remember. <laughs> she's like, she's like, Alexa, what do you do? And then it just pans over and she's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that got me. Thank you so much. Uh, so then. But the, show, the chef is no help, but all the help to me. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, truly iconic. And then Jap arrives. I know. Do we go back downstairs to the office? He's like, looks like I beat you to the punch this time, Poirot. He's like, no, I was just talking to the cook upstairs. And he like almost turns to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We really. uh, Tristan, in all your free time, I really want a Jap drop. Music drop. Just jab, just jab. Ah. What they're saying we just like. There's a nice tidy end to the whole business. And uh, I don't remember what he says, but it's undoubtedly wrong. Oh, yes. Well, no doubt you can just watch uh, the Just Jap episode that precedes this. This is a crossover mm-hmm. episode. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, but Mr. Graves turns up almost immediately after Jap does, I think. Uh, yeah. And... It turns out Mr. Graves' boss is Foscatini. And he's the butler. Yeah, he's the valet. He's not the private secretary like he had told Miss Lemon in the first place. So uh, the younger man from the beginning, whose name is Mario. uh, What's his last name? Uh, Mario. Ascanio, I believe. Mario Ascanio, I think. Ooh, that's fun. Mm. Uh. They, uh, he, he apparently was there. He is the young man that Mr. Vizzini mm-hmm. had given the briefcase to in the first scene. Uh, and Vizzini always reminds me of Princess Bride. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it turns out that his boss is Foscatini. And uh, someone had come to see Foscatini the day before, according to Graves. Mm. And then the same man had come for dinner that night. Mm. Now, Foscatini, we learn, we see that uh, he was the same man that was having the argument with the woman at the dealership that she had said was his uncle. So Hastings is like, okay, so this woman's uncle died. We should go tell her. And then we end up at an Italian wedding. Yes, we do. And I do not know how they learned that she was there, but there she was. Uh, and there's a lot of this in this episode. There's a lot of like, hey, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. We just happen to know. So they 
they go find her and they tell her, you know, your uncle, uh, Count Foscatini, has died. And she doesn't seem sad. She does seem pretty frazzled. And she's like, oh, uh, it, it, I have to go tell. Okay, thank you. Bye. And she goes and whispers to Mr. Vizzini, who is also at this wedding, where there are a gazillion people. Y'all are familiar with the are... concept of, like, play cousins. Play cousins? That's a no. Um, so. Like, people who aren't actually cousins, but they just hang around? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Great. everyone's my uncle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what reminded me of this particular scene, because they're saying, you know, your uncle passed, and she's like, my uncle? And they have to, like, reiterate, like, oh, Count Foscatini. And she's like, oh, my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> and she's I like, oh, this mean... is, like, my actual uncle, <laughs> as opposed to, like, my play uncle. Oh, yeah. I believe you mean my uncle? That's what an uncle is. Yeah. yeah. A phone uncle. But I think she that... She's too it... young to have a nephew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think that in this case, it was not even that. I think it was just a man that had business dealings that yeah. she was like, uh, 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 we're related, so don't worry about it. Like she yeah. was okay. saying he was her uncle to put off uh, Hastings from like wondering more about, you know, the argument that they had. Yeah, I think she was telling a fib also. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're agitated about that. And then I wrote in my notes the note political nonsense. Uh, because I didn't care what was happening. Uh, <laughs> God bless. We, I mean, we uh, we hear about, like, Foscatini was something to do with the Italian government and blah, oh, blah, blah, yes, blah, yeah. blah. He's part of, like, the same, once again, Count Fosco, part of that same sort of, like, international brotherhood thing and he's worried about making Mussolini mad because um, he's involved with anti-fascist groups I thought that was Vizzini that maybe it's both of them but I think they're both involved with the anti-fascists yeah, yeah. and they and don't want to make ruining things again I know and they're uh, at one point he says Papa Mussolini and I was like <laughs> yeah I'm good. that's gonna be my new Twitter profile. there's only one Papa in this world and that is Papa Poirot Papa Poirot yes that's true I need Kenneth Branagh to say that in Death on a Nile Papa, Papa Poirot preferably to Gal Gadot's character <laughs> yes uh <laughs> See, that's what I'm used to. That I, <laughs> Look, I'm here for horny Poirot. I've been very vocal about this. I know. You have. <laughs> <laughs> I was here too. Uh, <laughs> um, so it turns out that Graves had... Oh, yeah. I already said that he had exaggerated his position to Miss Lemon. So Escanio, the man who had dinner with Foscatini, is nowhere to be found. Uh, he has split. He has gone away. He is making a run for it. Uh, yes, Escanio, the man who had dinner with Foscatini, is gone. And uh, Miss Lemon finds out that Foscatini is an alias. 
that was not his real name. Real oh. quick, can I just say yes, that please. Mario abscondioed? Oh. Uh-huh. Am I yeah. right? He did. He did. Um, but we learned from Mr. Graves, maybe, that Escanio had said, no, it's a, a random person wanders into Poirot's office, and I don't know who this person is. I did not figure this out. Said uh, that Escanio said he was at the Jenkins Hotel. So they go there and they find him and he's burning all sorts of papers. And uh, he's like, the I've never... The least suspicious thing you can do. Right, of course. Right. Uh, it seems that he's burning stuff that was in this suitcase that was given to him by Mr. Vizzini. And he he's like, I don't know anything about this place that you're talking about. And then they find the name of the place on some of the papers in the fire that he was burning. So it's like, uh, I think you do know. And so they arrest him. But the thing is, Poirot isn't satisfied because he does not seem to have any sort of real motive about a uh, Jap is like, no, 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 this guy's part of organized crime or whatever. He he's a bad guy. So uh, that's enough for me. I mean, that's motive enough. You know, all these people, they just get into this sort of thing. Yeah, Jap always thinks it is whatever is simple, obvious, and doesn't, you know, oh, we got someone arrested, taking care of it, all done. Typical police. All right. Mm -hmm. Typical police work. Super great. So <laughs> I... They're looking into it. Poirot meets with Mr. Vizzini. And uh, Poirot has worked out that Foscatini was blackmailing him. So these letters would have contained proof that he was part of the anti-fascist movement. And which would have lost him a lot of business. And, mm -hmm. you know, probably put him in danger. Um, but then Poirot just doesn't think it was enough. And he thinks about it a bit harder i guess yeah and yeah right and then realizes that indeed mr graves had a lot more to do with it than he was letting on we should probably take an ad break everybody thank you again for listening to this episode you can go to scavengersnetwork.com check out all the great content there uh usual plugs we do are historical hotties spooky spouses it's because the ones they're easy enough to remember because they're alliterative also a newsies minute which sounds just deeply fascinating and i still need to get on that um but yeah they also do live streams on their twitch channel go check them out there you can go to teespring.com slash the mill with hyphens in between to check out our merch. We got some there. Uh, it's in the show notes. So I made it easy for you. Oh, how nice of you. Just Tristan. do it. Just click the link. Thank you. I will. Melissa, <laughs> <laughs> don't What? I don't know. As, oh, as Mark me? Wahlberg once said, what? <laughs> no not me oh i don't get to i can't click the link 
it actually, if you try to click the link, Melissa, it will start a virus on your computer. Oh, no. But not for I everybody have, else, just for no, me. No, because I know you're uh, what, IP <laughs> and okay. num- uh-huh. right. <laughs> your internet provider number or whatever it is. That's it. Yep. <laughs> well, there's no us and virus. <laughs> there, hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, sorry, sorry. No I and virus. Yeah, Got yeah. It. <laughs> There's no way to do it. There's no me. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> anyway, my segment's done. <laughs> so you can find us on social media at ADC Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also have a Facebook group called the Amateur Detective Club. And if you answer those questions, we'll let you in. And... That is, oh, rate, review, and subscribe would be also very lovely. Five stars is customary, and anything less than that, uh, maybe keep it to yourself. Buongiorno. <laughs> I am the dialect coach from this episode of Agatha Christie's Poirot. And I'm here to tell you to subscribe to the ADC Pod Patreon. <laughs> For as little as $10 a month or less, you can contribute to this wonderful podcast. Uh, visit <laughs> patreon.com slash the ADC pod. Hi, I'm British actor Niles Gravesman. And with mm. the help of this person here who does not have a name my dialect coach i wasn't able to also do a good italian accent yes so thank you so much tyler sounds like a cartoon vampire and tristan's sounds like bartok from anastasia oh, yes. how dare you put that on me melissa that was obviously a guest that we had flown in especially for this episode yeah and niles he has a speech impediment so like maybe cut him some slack oh Oh, no how'd i become the bad guy you never heard about the little russia section of italy oh well now i just feel bad (laughs) fictional ewick they're not real Uh, also as, real in my mind <laughs> as is uh, contractually obligated every week I must oh. declare about the soup excellent excellent it's a nice minestrone <laughs> oh we back to the show Then Poirot works out that, in fact, uh, the uh, so the Italian embassy has... Here's a thing I missed. The Italian embassy denies knowing anything about uh, this man. Yeah. Uh, Foscatini. So he's he comes back to Mr. Graves because something has not been sitting right with him about Mr. Graves. And he realizes... That indeed, the food had been ordered after uh, he was already dead. 
uh, after Foscatini was already dead uh, and, you know, put out by Mr. Graves and hey, uh, Mr. Graves had killed him and then placed the phone call to the doctor. Um, so they go on this wild car chase. Full Mr. Toad. Okay, sorry, real quick. Can I just say, like, this is quite possibly, like, my favorite murder. Because according to this theory, mm-hmm. he kills him before dinner and then eats both the dinners. Oh, yes. He and, does. like, Nothing tag like yourself, good... that's me. It's <laughs> 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 uh, just like... <laughs> he places the order. He gets the dinner. Oh, I'd be ashamed to waste this food, right? I just, and I am hungry. That was that was. Yeah, I'm famished after. Yeah, that you was know, hard the physical work. Exertion of yeah. this yeah. murder. <laughs> Lifting statues and stuff. Yeah, uh, I had to Very, make a phone uh, call. I'm oof. exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> he had to. It sounds like a wild thing to do. But he had to eat both of the dinners, of course, also to cover for the fact that um, Escanio had not come back, as was his story. You know, yes. he's trying to pin this on Escanio, so he had to make it appear as though he had come back. Uh, and so they do go on this absolutely wild car chase because... Full Mr. Toad, as previously stated. <laughs> yes, and uh, Hastings is like, I know where he is. It's got to be his boat. The boat. And then you get a f- him. He's like thinking. And you get a flash, <laughs> a, like a cut to when he was holding the picture of the boat in his hand. Ugh. And it has so the good. name of the boat. And his thumb yeah. is over the place where the boat <laughs> was. So then he moves his thumb. And he's like, it's in Chesterton. Or- Chichester. Ch- Ch- Chichester. Also, Melissa had an issue with her mic, so if it's bad, uh, sorry. But if it's not, I'm going to cut this part out. Yay. Uh, so they zoom off to Chichester, to Cheshire Cat. Yeah. Um, and uh, then they go to the boat, and um, the the lady from before, and who, who is that? The, the guy that owns the dealership, what's his name? Vizzini. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. They're there looking for Vizzini's money because somehow... Graves has his money. Yeah. Um, for, like, the deal for the, like, the exchange of, like, the papers. Ah, oh, word. Yeah. Uh, Graves took the cash, and there was enough cash in that deal that they were saying um, Graves could go anywhere, and that's what mm. led them to the boat. Mm-hmm. And then there's a car chase because Graves shows up to get to the boat, and then the police chase after him, and... Uh, and then Hastings chases after him in his new motor car and get, pushes a man on a bike into a crick. <laughs> and that's, I was like, gold, absolute gold. So they zoom around some more. They finally cut off. And then, like, eventually Hastings totals his car into the other guy's car. And then the guy, and then punches the guy and he falls on the crick. And then there you go. And his wife, Mr. Graves' wife, Mrs. Graves, is there. That I missed. Wow. Yeah. 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 Because when he punches, he's like, that's for Miss Lemon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Poro does at some point have to remind him, though, that, you know, like, oh, I can't believe what he's doing to Miss Lemon. 
And he's like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a schmuck. Yeah. Then they go back to the office. And they're like, we're so sorry about Mr. Graves. And she's like, I don't care. Because I learned that he was going to burn down the home. And you know what was in the home? The cat. And then the cat is there in the office. Yep. And I'm curious to see if they'll actually keep the cat. Yeah, that's my one, like, least favorite things about TV shows. Like, sometimes, like, characters will just get pets. And then you will never see those pets again. Except for, like, a few episodes here and there. Yeah. It's just like, no. Make make animals more active in TV. Animal representation. <laughs> <laughs> so we all say a rating at the same time. Out of five. Sure. Okay. On the count of three. One, two, three. Three point five. Three and a half. What did you say, Tyler? Three. I think and I was said, uh, smack dab in the middle. Okay. And you said uh, three and a half? Yeah. And I said two and a half. So it's an average of three. A serviceable episode. I voted the way I did because it was probably a three until the car chase scene, which was the best thing ever. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. So, yeah, it was, it's certainly watchable. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not easy to follow with the politics and stuff like that. That's confusing and convoluted. Uh, and I don't have any interest in it. Um, but the murder is kind of interesting and the chef is great. And yeah, yeah. A plus car chase. I'll say this. I believe it's based off of a short story that we read and that we, that we listened to. And it's also complicated, but it's a little bit more, there's more time. Hmm. To flesh everything out. Mm-hmm. So I think this was a difficult uh, thing to adapt. True. Um, Tyler, general thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was tricky to follow for me. Um, but yeah, I love the chef. Love the growling cat. Love the car chase. Great. Uh, those are the highlights that I enjoy as well. I also like getting um, a little bit more with Miss Lemon. I thought that was very nice. That we got to see a yeah. little bit more of Miss Lemon. Absolutely. And like what she's doing. And she gets called Felicity like four times. And I was like, oh, hmm. you know, it's so nice that she has a f- first name. Yes, indeed. Um, you know we got to do it in unison, We do. Right? We have to. I, I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to or close. close perfect gavel, gavel sound, sound. <laughs> <laughs>